Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. Araceli. That's a beautiful name. It's of Latin descent. Where is it from? What country? Oh, I'm of Mexican descent. Yeah, Mexican? my parents are from Mexico. Okay. All right. Chicana, first gen. Yeah, uh, I'm right around the corner from Mexico. I'm right here in San Diego, California, America's finest city. And <laughs> I was down. Well, only second, to, only second to Madison, Wisconsin which has been voted the best city in the United States, like over and over and over again. But yeah, uh, really? Do you have some good Mexican food there? I wish that no, we do sometimes. Yeah. Well, my homemade mom was is the best. Homemade is the best. So yes. brains, we are here on the edge. We're about to get it in. We're about to talk about some civil unrest. We're going to talk about some justice. And I'm going to go back and forth with Araceli because we had a conversation before. There may be some things that we agree or disagree on. Both of us being women of color uh, have experienced a lot, have supported a lot, but also we can be change agents. We don't just want to be problem describers brains. We have to be solution seekers. So that's what we're going to talk about here on The Edge. Araceli Esparza is a first-generation Chicana from the Midwest. She is a speaker, a poet, a published author, podcast host, entrepreneur, and is connected uh, regional campaigns and social justice initiatives. So I'm excited because there's a lot of stuff going on. Welcome to The Edge, Araceli. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So you are young. You are a millennial, right? (laughs) I think I'm more of a cusper, but sure. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I'm of the, I'm of the Gen X, like actually Gen X is considered like the big, one of the bigger generations like worldwide versus uh, even boomers, like depending yeah, the boomers on are dying out now. Coming, right, right country you're coming from. Uh, but yeah, yeah. All right. So tell me how you show up in the world and what is your perspective on the world right now, today? Oh, wow. I think that the world, I mean, as far as sustainability, it's really deciding whether or not she's going to kick us out. Mm. I mean, I don't think we've been good. We've been good keepers of, of our planet. And I wholly admire our Gen Z um, movement of sustainable earth and practices. Um, for me at least being of Latina Chicana descent and growing up in Ho in Ho Chung, stolen land in the Midwest is like I knew this wasn't like white people land. Like I knew right. that we had, you know, this wasn't also Mexican land. I knew that because I actually had the, you know, country of flag, you know, which is what I've been reminded by my brother, my black brothers and sisters, is like having that nationality like gives you also a different perspective too of um being you know, of this planet in like honoring this planet in all of its ways. And so where we are now, I mean, I think, yeah, she's deciding whether or not to kick us out. I mean, the, the pandemic was like uh, a, 
very it was interesting a precursor. time. It was a warning. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of people. Time. And during that time, like, that's where I kind of grew my business and, like, also, like, landed a lot of, like, speaking, uh, speaking opportunities uh, and meeting other content creators like yourself, April, which I love supporting other Black and, uh, and, and Black-owned businesses, like women-owned magic spaces uh, that we can co-create as brown and Black women. Like, you called it in right away. You're like, as women of color, I'm like, yeah, we are. You know, um, and, and you know what? I'm going to include, I'm include white women in that color, too. Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? What, Are you kidding? They're, what the happens, <laughs> they're the ones also doing a lot of work on their own. They are too. doing a lot of work. They are very progressive and they're very supportive of the movement. Did you see what happened in Tennessee yesterday? Three lawmakers were called for expulsion. Two black yeah. men got expelled, but not the white woman by one vote. Was that her vote? I don't know. Uh, because you're standing up for your constituents, because you're standing up against gun violence, because you're standing up because other lawmakers are not standing up. Yeah. It was just blatant right in our face. What gets me becoming like poetic and have more poetic justice in it. Like I feel that there's so many different ways to combat um combat the hatred that's happening in our country uh, in particular to like trans folks and the legislation that is our it's our it's another civil rights moment is happening right whether or not we're all acknowledging that it's happening and, and big time uh, I, this is why I love like you know doing the work I do online I get to see how movement uh, changes just recently some friends of mine from one that virtual friends right because I like to follow them and they're really just yeah just um giving in their community they raised uh two million dollars for um wow. yeah for on um, for trans uh health rights exactly because their health care is being like cut off I it's like wow I yeah yeah so it, it's become very interesting it's become I think a tenacious well, it's a much different conversation now you know um the trans community I'm sure there was plenty of trans people living in the closet. But now that this is a civil rights and social rights um, forefront, being in the military, being able to go to school, pick what bathroom you go to, um, it, it with sports, now there's legislation coming down in the next day or two that you know there's going to be certain rules for certain people. People make it more complicated than what it has to be. What do you, yeah. uh, what, number one, what are you working on right now? What are a couple of your initiatives that you're, you're on? As you can see in the background, I'm talking about our stories. Our stories, Yo Quiero Dinero, this conference, this is its third year. And I'm the founder of an organization called Midwest Mujeres. We have women from all around the Midwest, in particular Wisconsin, in rural and central areas. And what brings us together is our stories our stories of survival of thriving. Um, anyone from the Midwest will tell you we are survivors of 40 below weather. We are also feeling the, the effects of fracking, of uh, destruction of our natural habitats. And so it's really, um, it's a two-pronged movement of conservation of our stories through like a historical lens of what it means to be a woman of color in the Midwest, particularly Latinas and first-gen immigrants but also the lens of intersectionality because um, 
minority numbers in the Midwest tend to be uh, fractionized, right? So it's like, you'll have equal numbers and across our races. And once the cities get more diverse, it just happens that way. And so I wanted to honor that intersectionality. I want to honor the, um, the working class movement as well. And through the story sharing and storytelling, I think we've been able to fuse all of these different types of ideas and, um, and people together. Uh, Yo Quiero Dinero translates to I want money. But as we were talking about, it's about value too. Oh, absolutely. Value. I mean, we're talking about people's lives here and they, I mean, we didn't mention money the whole time, but yet this legislation, it's interesting. Where is that money or their value? Why are people putting money into this? Into Well, you know, money is only as valuable as you, you know, as you put into it. I mean, look at Bitcoin. Yes. It wasn't even a tangible Mm -hmm thing it was all virtual and look where it went to so you have to you have to measure and monitor what it is you value also you have to look at where are you able to concede where are you able to give how much flexibility do you have because i'm gonna tell you as a woman of color you know we can be some of the most prejudiced people out there okay (laughs) We uh, yeah. we will call white folks out yeah. in a heartbeat, but you let them reciprocate and say something to us and all hell breaks loose. Right. That's hypocritical. I think it's disingenuous. Yes, we have suffered a lot, but anybody that's been on this planet, being born is traumatic. Oh, right. Okay. Right. So anybody that has been on this planet has been subjected to something. Maybe it's not colorism. Maybe it's not sexism. Uh, but what about classism? What about being women versus men? What about equality in pay? You know, so sometimes we have to step back and say, is this really worth the fight? And what yeah, I think it's the generational for? traumas too, is the generational traumas of like, we acknowledge that, but some other, some of us are carrying those burdens still yeah. in that, in our walk. And I, and I hear what you're saying too, like the fittest of the, the survival of the fittest. And I understand that, but I think too, it's, um, I guess that's where the bleeding heart words always come in. But I think it's important to acknowledge that, that there is a generational trauma too, that folks are needing to like release. And this is a great way of, one of my ways of doing it is through storytelling and story sharing, because I think that's one of the steps. I'm not saying like, one side has a way or doesn't have a way. I'm saying we all have different ways. I love that nonprofit organizations are out here helping our community um, to be more and to learn how to fish for not just today, but for every day, right? Absolutely. We need that to learn. Absolutely. And through that is like the reflection of story sharing and storytelling. I often, my metaphors are like, do we want to see it through like a window or a mirror? I'm always looking for windows and mirrors, but how are you coming through my window? And I think that's where I'll push back on like, uh, white media, white-centered media, uh, you were saying, yeah, we can all feel the colors of it and so forth. That representation is vital. And that's why I think it's so important that uh, content creators like ourselves who are doing it on radio, on TV, just keep on reminding the youth that it was different. Don't go back to that. You are on it's- the right path of liberation and keep trying because right. we got to push it back. And uh, and also, also acknowledge that we live in... Um, it uh, very segregated silos even more so yeah. than ever but we gotta enter our windows when you get a window when you get permission to go somebody else's life and space and culture 
like come in as a as a welcome guest you know what i'm Absolutely. saying exactly yeah guys because come sometimes they come through you know what i'm saying they're coming through the window like a robber in the night and right like, right they come in like they own it you know they yes or that they own it one yeah. or the other I, and it's, it's either- not it's not good it's not good mm-hmm. but be welcoming and be inviting uh and open to people's ignorance ignorance only means not knowing right. okay Allow people into your experience. If you are, uh, you know, a, a transgender person, someone has questions, don't be so quick to call them a phobe. But that, it goes to, both ways. This is what you're saying. Exactly. It goes both exactly. Ways. Lend yeah. your way to lend your way to education. So storytelling is beautiful. Tell me a little bit about the stories and your poetry. Well, you know, I. I I love what you just said. And yes, people need to help educate others, but we should also make sure that we represent, we are compensated for that education. Like, I think that's the hardest thing about being content creators of color is that sometimes we are so willing to educate through our visions and through art and poetry or, you know, graphics or content development like you're doing, April. What I decided to take it is through storytelling, freeing your voice. But honestly, these women are going to go through a training of how to let go of inhibitions and focus in their voice so they can only not only articulate, but take you there. And that takes acknowledgement and like deep digging into our own settings, into our history, uh, unleashing some of maybe traumatic experiences we might have had with our stories. And how do we like say them in such a way that is transformational too? And it's sometimes just like, bringing people in. I know I used to, when I did, uh, when I started doing poetry, like I would just be the person to go up in the podium, say my poem and I'd run. Literally like walk away from the place oh, and wow. be like, I'm done. I, and they, I would allow people to say my name incorrectly. I mm-hmm. wouldn't even offer places like, you know, give me somebody for this or what have you. I would just kind of let it go. I'm like, what, what? No, you gotta le- learn to ring your own, your ring your own uh, horse. <laughs> You know, to your own horn, right? And that's, well, you and know it's what? So and it's not braggadocious. No. It's self love and it's confidence, and that's what's important. Nobody is going to sell you, teach you, educate you, talk yeah. about you, promote you like you. Nobody yeah. can do it. I mean, you look at some of the the greatest Muhammad Ali. He made you believe that he was the greatest. He told mm-hmm. you all the time that he was the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we don't agree, maybe, or all of us don't agree with uh, number 45, he still (laughs) has a presence and he makes certain people believe what he says. Now, you know, like number 45. Yeah, I can't say that. It was a job that, I mean, it was a job. See, and that's the problem with with our country sometimes. It's like, it's a job. Like we all have work. And we should lean into what is like in our hearts to do this work, because there are some people that are literally stifling their talents, their natural, here, I'm going to say it, God-given abilities, okay, gifted abilities to like create culture, events, things that bring people together. But you're going to allow your prejudice come between like this and capitalism. I mean, honestly, being homophobic, being xenophobic, being anti-diversity is only going to kill your pockets. But let people understand that. Let people understand that it's also about all of us winning together. And they don't see that, but it takes always, not just one way. It takes always. You know what I don't like? And I say this. I don't like it when people say, I don't see color. 
Well, then you need to see a optometrist or ophthalmologist. About <laughs> okay. I know, right? I want to see your diversity. I want to see your culture. I want to see your richness. I want to taste your food. I want to you know, exchanging look at the textiles. Yeah. That is an ex exchange. The universe did not create all of us to look exactly alike and to be mechanical animals. Yeah. then we would already be in the age of AI, which we're moving towards, and we're all going to pretty much be under this metaverse. Uh, what do you think about that? What do you think about the evolution and what's happening in the world right now? Because it's going and it's going fast. They better not, They better remember that everything grows out of dirt. Like it still grows out of dirt. I can't survive by like plugging my own veins to the walls. Like that doesn't work. That's not real. So, I mean, yes, I'm for it. Keep discovering yourselves. If that's what it takes to discover who you are in this world, like to learn how to do that type of level of technology, all more, more power to you for being able to program something to do that. I am still going to bet on the fact that I need chiles, huevos y frijoles to eat. I'm sorry, that's what I need. I need those things. Yes, I get all that other stuff brings right. me that every day. Sorry. Right. I'm like... I mean, that's just me, right? Because yo soy de, me entienden, like my family, even though we're Mexicanos, like we had a lot of indigenous um, cultural exposure. My grandma was definitely um, a healer of sorts. You know, she siempre con sus hierbas, you know, some, always with her herbs and stuff. And like really was, um, uh, she was also like a social justice advocate in her time. She was, def she was a farm worker. She was a migrant worker and like worked alongside, you know, with uh, Cesar Chavez uh, farm workers movement. También. So we're all about that migration. I think when you dig down to it, I'm like, yes, I, what do I have? I'm not going to also opinionate on something that I only know halves, right? I only know halves of what's going on with uh, that chat GPS. I only know halves of what's going on with IA. But I right. do know how to, I do know that a child still needs her Chile, <laughs> And con eso, like, yeah. And then stories yeah, have... You know, if IA is going to give us the the spontaneity that stories do, which I highly doubt they ever could. I mean, maybe well, they're, know, they're really trying to in incorporate, yeah. you know, a human component and emotions. And when it gets to that point, I don't know. It, it, it's just really scary. But I also, don't talk to people to talk to, to learn about myself. Like I talk to people to learn about things that I have never thought of. You know, and you, that's like the amazing part I think about listening and story sharing and storytelling. Um, it goes back to our oral traditions, our oral indigenous traditions. And exactly. And that is how, you know, African-Americans and, you know, Mexican-Americans or Mexicans yeah. and Africans, that's how we educated our children through storytelling, by telling them what the ancestors had been through, um, by helping us forecast based upon your past what could possibly project your future. So yeah. tell us a little bit about the poetry. Have you written a few books? Oh, you're so lovely, April. Yeah, I've been in like 10 different anthologies. I have two wow. chapbooks. Yeah, thank you. I like I love reading. I right now I'm reading I Am Diosa by uh Christine uh, Gutierrez. Oh, that's uh, beautiful. I am goddess. She wrote the book. I've always I love titles. I am one of the I don't know how people other people read. I like choose what to read. I'm one of those people. I'm like a title slut. Like I like <laughs> I went from being like a like a rock star like chaser when I was in college when I was in high school and then in college I became like an author chaser. Like I would chase around authors of books, like wanting to know how they transform lives. So I really um just 
yeah, just had a lot of book fandom. And so I just love books. Um, but yes, I'm a writer because I'm a reader though, too. Exactly. Uh, well, and you have to have both skill sets. You have to be able to read and write. So when you are in your poetry stage, what what's your setting? Are you... Uh, is it inspirational? It just comes? Is it a download? Do you, like me, have a, a pen and paper and tablet next to your bed? Are you inspired by songs or plays or people? What Where do you gain your inspiration, Arcelli? Lately, it's been not while, while I'm walking, while I'm doing oh. a walk, and I'll record myself. Um, that has been very, just like kind of how I'll start off with some bones on a poem. Um but yeah, most of the time it's inspirational from life. Uh, I wrote this uh, four and a half uh, vignette. It was produced with uh, PBS here from Wisconsin. And it's it's right now live on Wisconsin Life. It's called Las Chicos in Los Chicos de Blossom Street. And so those of your listeners who know uh, grammatical Spanish will know that I messed that one up too. I did that on purpose though. I put the female version of the pronoun first. Um, typically in Spanish, you put it after. So I put the uh, pronoun first. So it's Las Chicas, because I know a lot of people who, you know, might listen to your podcast. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got a strong Latino community. So they're going to be like, uh, you know, they're going to send me a note and say, you know what? Your brain, <laughs> Arcelli, you know, she wasn't grammatically correct. Arcelli, I am so excited that you are going to grace us with one of your poems here on the edge for National Poetry Month. I'm ready. Thank you, April. Yes, so this poem was um, nominated for a Pushcart Award, which is, amongst poets, something to talk about, I guess. Um, it's called Gain, I Gain in Silence. Now, when you were talking about where do you find your poetry, like what inspires you? Okay, there's such a beautiful story about millennials, young millennials, He's more like a customer like me, I think. So one of my friends uh, from Less Works, he's a, they're a black owned uh, media company and he's also a poet, the, their director. And they were talking about how they, how they walked in silence. And I was like, what does that mean walking in silence? He was like, I'm growing in silence. I'm like, tell me more about that. And he explained the concept of, of walking in silence and gaining in silence. meaning that you're kind of doing things, you're creating stuff, but you're not letting it be known to everyone just yet. You're just in create mode. Uh, and so I've done that a lot with like programming. You know, I kind of step out of the, just out of the scene. I've done that for many years. Sometimes I'll move over to like, I don't know, Mexico, stay there for a while, come back, right. um, that kind of thing. And there's just like, you know, phases of your life. And so this is uh, a poem about that. All right. I gain in silence. I win in silence. I grow in silence. So when you catch up to my queenhood, don't be surprised. I was destined to succeed. Testing the mic and owning the stage are two different things. I come from women who crossed borders, scrubbed floors, harvested a bounty so that I could have a trophy. Survive boys who only knew how to shut out the life and, and serve themselves. Face their blows with their foolishness with a laugh. From statistic to cipher, from poverty to self-love, from being your achievement to being my own business. Aquí estoy en a mí. No me quitan de aquí. A mí no me quitan de mi vida, ni de mi felicidad. Not for me, don't worry, we got more than enough. Enchanted mirrors, poison apples, Prince Charming. I was too awkward to be rescued. I was too abused to be worthy. I was too abandoned to be seen. But one day, one day she whispered believe and I followed her through the woods to school, skinned my knees and clawed through the leaves and I wiped it clean, my heart. Oh, wow. 
Hand claps and finger snaps, brains. Absolutely, absolutely. Are there speakeasies there in Wisconsin that can appreciate you putting down the slam? Oh, okay. coming up on Friday, June 16th at the My Arts Building. We are presenting our stories and quintals. You can hear that live. You can hear um, from seven other women of color uh, story keepers, storytellers, water barriers of our cultura. And they're going to be showering us with their stories. What is oh, I wow. love calling them like water bearers? Somebody told, we used to have that in our community, a water bearer. Uh, award and when i learned about the water bears what the, what the, those women meant in the village in lawa right and so this is like agua this will be like receiving some water some good healing water and so yeah come to friday june 16th at the yo quiero dinero stories and cuentos event that we'll be having and so thank you too april for having me on your show absolutely so absolutely tell my brains how to get in contact with you if they can purchase a copy of one of the anthologies or, you know, work with you on a deeper level. Oh my gosh. Yes. I would love that. Go to araceliesparza.com. That's A-R-A-C-E-L-I. Esparza spelled E-S-P-A-R-Z-A.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. And Midwest Mujeres. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Yes. You know, words are so powerful. They are transformative. They can be healing. They can be hurtful. If your words had an odor, think about it, brains. What would they smell like? How would you deliver those to individuals? Would it be as a water bearer or would it be from an empty well? You have to think about it. I want you to go in, like, love, share, and subscribe. Like, love, share, and subscribe. Right here, right here. This place right here on the air. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Araceli, thank you so much for being with us, gracing us with your poetry, your wisdom, uh, and your courage. Because to be a freedom fighter uh, in this tenuous time, it takes yeah. courage. We, we put a bullseye on our back. But you know what? Only the strong survive. Right, Queen? Oh, yes. That's so true. <laughs> thank All you. Right. All right. Bye, Brains. I love you guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.